Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast. Each week you'll find inspirational, motivational interviews with some of the world's best language learners, industry experts, all trying to help you to learn foreign languages better, faster, and more efficiently. And here we go. If you're looking for a language teacher to enhance your language learning, then I highly recommend italki. Italki is the world's biggest tutoring platform and you can find thousands of teachers and tutors at very reasonable prices. Get a free lesson after completing your first lesson by going to languageteacher.co. Hello guys, welcome to episode 146 of the Actual Fluency Podcast. Today I'm joined by Shannon Kennedy, who runs the site Eurolinguist. And she also is responsible for the upcoming Women in Language Conference, which we get into in this episode. Chen has been on the show before, back in episode 93. So if you're interested in what it means to be a shy language learner and want to get some tools on how you can be uh, getting more results, even if you are introverted and or shy, then check out episode 93 for that. In this episode, we chat about Shannon's current projects, like the Add One Challenge, Women in Language Conference, and a few other projects she has going on. So be sure to tune in to the whole episode and have fun. Shannon, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to have you back. It's been, as we just discussed before the recording, almost three years since you were on in episode 93. So for the people who haven't heard about you and the people who did hear about you, (laughs) uh, do you want to give a little introduction to yourself what you've been up to and and especially the last three years since since we heard from you sure so um my name is shannon kennedy i run a website called Eurolinguist. um that's with an e at the end and uh that's kind of how i got started in languages i started learning them at university and that site was kind of what i started to document that process and kind of share some of what i was doing and it's really evolved from there um since that point i started working as a language encourager at fluent in three months so i write a lot for them um i run the add one challenge which uh is run by fluent in three months so i'm the head coach or community manager for the add one challenge um i also am the resident polyglot and language expert at drops which is a um vocabulary learning app that's available for both Android and iOS devices. And in the last three years, I've uh, studied quite a few more languages. I didn't really intend to. I kind of planned to stop after Korean, but then Japanese happened, and then Spanish happened, and then Hungarian happened, and then um, Hindi's happening, and I'm going to pick back I'm going to pick German back up. So um, I haven't started that yet, but I'm, I'm going to start that next week with the next Add One Challenge. So I've been keeping pretty busy. Yeah, as, as usual. And uh, and you're also a musician, so you're releasing a, a new album coming up there yeah. as well. So uh, if people into jazz, they, they should definitely look you up as well. Thank you. Um, so all right, I guess we should just quickly uh, t- tell people what the Add One Challenge is. I, I'm not sure if everyone knows so could you just let us know in a, in two sentences what it is? Sure. So the Add One Challenge is a 90-day challenge that helps you get to a 15-minute conversation in the language that you're learning in that 90 days. It's one right. sentence. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a, it's a group of learners who come together to create this like envi- a positive environment where you're more encouraged and motivated to do that regular daily studying or work whatever that kind of exactly. study might be 
Yeah, so basically it's, as you said, it's a community. So you're learning alongside um, anywhere from 100 to 200 other learners. So there's a lot of motivation in that. You have a daily check-in so that you can keep accountable to your studies. You have a series of assignments of videos of mini challenges that you do as a part of that curriculum that help you get to that 15 minute conversation. Right. Yeah, I, I did one a few years back and it was a really positive experience. So. I highly recommend it for people who are struggling a little bit. Maybe they don't have a lot of uh, language learning friends in their immediate community or on their Facebook friends. Then if you join this kind of community, you definitely feel kind of pushed a lot to to do some work and get amazing results. Like some of the videos I've seen from at one where people could barely say a word in the beginning. And then after three months, they actually have this kind of conversation, I think is uh, is quite powerful. Yeah, it's really great. And I can tell you from personal experience because I try to do almost every challenge that I run, like to participate in it. And it's really helped me immensely with the different languages. I mean, I didn't know any Japanese. I didn't know any Hungarian before studying them with the Add One Challenge. And I was able to get to those 15 minute conversations every single time. So if you do the work and you participate in the challenge, it's, it's really, really effective. Yeah. And then something else coming up for the second time, which uh, I think is the main topic of this episode because uh, it's very timely. And last time we talked about introverted language learning, which I think is a very interesting topic. Uh, but I think we, we kind of went over what, what was uh, in it there. And if, if people are introverted and, and want to learn languages better, then definitely go back and listen to episode 93. That's really uh, some good content there. But today, we uh, wanted to talk to you about the upcoming online conference, uh, Women in Language. Um, do you want to just tell people what, what that is, basically? <laughs> of course. So Women in Language is an online event that is hosted by Lindsay Williams of Lindsay Does Languages, Kirsten Cable of FluentLanguage.co.uk, and myself. We started the event a year ago, and we had the first event um, around this time last year. And it was just amazing. Um, we had more than 25 speakers. We had several panels. We had um, chats during the conference that were just on fire. It was an amazing community building experience. It was a great chance for us to give um, speakers who don't normally go to the polyglot events or who don't normally present at the polyglots events the chance to present. And um, so we're doing it again this year. Um, it's going to be um, March 7th to 10th, so that's a Thursday through Sunday. We have more than 30 speakers this year. We have two panels. We also have a series, uh, we have an hour allotted for lightning talks as well, so we'll have several speakers um, speaking during that time. There's going to be a chat again. We offer a workbook so you can take notes during each of the talks. Um, because it's an online event, we're able to provide the recordings of the talks. So if you can't attend them live, you'll be able to watch them later um, with the purchase of your ticket. And uh, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have other fun activities going on during the event. We also have a raffle, which you don't have to do anything extra to qualify for. When you buy a ticket, you're entered into the raffle. And we have, I think, more than $1,500 in prizes <laughs> available that we're going to split into three groups. It's, it's just, it's a great event. And there's just so many great people involved. Fantastic. Um, before we get into uh, the, uh, the the sort of uh, the elephant in the room uh, topic in a second, I just want to maybe talk a little bit about language events in general. Like, um, I think a big 
you know, I think language events for me changed my life completely. And, and that's, you know, maybe it sounds a little bit exaggerated, but when I went to the first Polyglot gathering in Berlin in 2014, I didn't know what to expect at all. And I wasn't someone who had been studying languages for years before. I had done it when I was younger, much younger in school. And then I sort of gave up on it in my teens and, and early 20s. And I've kind of re-found it through this community. And I, I went to the gathering and just a mind-blowing experience of, of positivity and, and amazement that some people can just, you know, there were people there who spoke 15 languages and just switched between them. Um, have you had similar experiences with, with language events, either offline or online? And, and can you share a little bit about, about your own experience? Absolutely. So first I want to start by saying that, um, like, when we're talking about language learning, we're mostly talking about independent language learning. And the thing about independent language learning is that it feels really, really lonely mm -hmm. because basically you're by yourself in your room at your desk or wherever it is that you enjoy studying, working on this language. Um, maybe you have an exchange partner or maybe you have a tutor that you chat with every so often, but for the most part, 90% of the work you're doing is by yourself and a lot of the time when you're doing this the people immediately around you like your friends and family they probably aren't into language learning in the same way that you are and so you can feel a little bit isolated and you feel like no one really understands why you enjoy doing this why mm. you spend so much time doing this so when you go to an event like this suddenly you're meeting people who share that same interest, who share that same passion, who get you, who understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And there's no judgment there. There's just respect and appreciation and, you know, this mutual understanding with this group of people. And so it's suddenly like, I don't know, I maybe felt like it kind of validated what I was doing because for the most part, even though you kind of, you know, there's Facebook groups and you you chat with people a little bit like you and I know each other, but when you go and you meet everyone face to face, you're putting face to the names that you know, you're actually engaging with people, you know, in, in like face to face and it's just, it's incredibly rewarding, it's incredibly motivating and you're right, it, it is life changing because for the most part you do this on your own and yeah. no one sees the work that you're putting in and you're doing all of this just to be able to, you know, communicate and use these languages and people just see the end result. It's a lot like music. So like I spend hours and hours practicing but no one sees that part. They only mm. see the part where I'm on stage performing. And so, you know, when you connect with other musicians, when you connect with other language learners, there's just, this chemistry there because you know they get it and when you're around people who get it it's just really rewarding and it's just an amazing experience so these events are definitely very 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 great to attend yeah and uh, i mean a very i completely agree with what you just said and it's a very positive experience even in the you know if you talked about other things like sports and stuff people see one game or they see one race but the reason that that person won that race or that game is because of all the 5 a.m. trainings and all the, you know, gym sessions and all the coaching, everything that's led up to that, which you'd never see, of course. Uh, it just looks effortless when uh, Bolt is running the 100 meters or, you know, Federer is playing tennis or whatever. It looks easy, but obviously that they've practiced for hours and hours and hours away from the courts. Um, and in language learning, it's, it's very similar, I feel like. But it can also drive you mad if you don't have that social outlet. If you're just sitting at home and just bur uh, buried in your books. Uh, I, I know for me, definitely, 
that happened where I was just kind of, I kind of closed the door and I just sat in inside all the time. So going to these events and I think online events are, you know, almost the same as, as live events. I think definitely you can mimic 95% of the experience. Obviously going to an actual in-person event is, it's going to give you that last 5%, I think, but, uh, but it's just not possible for most people. Like if you look at the, the, the size of the community, I, I don't even know, but I, I'm guessing we're in the, in the six figures some, somewhere, uh, maybe even bigger. And the conference, the biggest conference will hold what, 600 people. <laughs> so even if everyone had the means and time to go, there's just not space. So having an online event, which is anyone can go to, uh, it's really positive as well. Exactly. I think, you know, both have their place. The in-person events are great if you can afford to get there, if you can take the time to go. But online events, you know, more people can go. It tends to be much more affordable. You don't have to pay for travel at all. Um, mm. You also, um, because it's online, the nature of it, you know, you can have the online recordings after. There's other elements that you can add, like workbooks and chat and things like that, that add this different level of engagement that you don't have at the in-person events because you know in the in-person events you're going to different talks you're spending time talking to people outside and if you miss a talk you miss a talk whereas with the online events you can go back and watch the recording um you can kind of be in more than one chat room at the same time because you just tab over to a new window um there's you know they're just different and they complement one another i definitely definitely think there's a space for both Definitely. And and I like the idea of having both also, because then you have different opportunities during different times of year uh, where you can, you know, if you had to go to all the conferences, right, this year it's in Japan, Canada, Bratislava. I mean, that's three continents. <laughs> you know, no matter where you live in the world, that would be obscenely expensive and inconvenient to get to all three. Um, so the idea that you have some online events anyone can get to, I think is fantastic. Right. And it's not just the participants, it's the speakers too. So when you have an online event, there's speakers that you can, you know, feature that you might not be able to feature at an in-person event, because again, that speaker might not be able to get to that event. So it's, you know, there's a lot more variety that you can have as far as participants and as as far as speakers with an online event. Yeah, definitely agree. So what kind of, uh, do you have any uh, sort of uh, any examples of the kind of talks that are going to happen? Like uh, what, are, what are the speakers going to be talking about? Of course. So we have four different tracks that make up women in language. So the first is learning languages. Last year, this was split into two categories. So we had new languages and mastering languages or starting languages and mastering languages. So we decided to combine these two into just learning languages in general this year. So that's going to be talks for learners of languages of any level who want to improve you know, their learning strategies and um, to pick up new methods for learning languages. We also have living and working with languages. So these are where you're going to get tips and hear about the experiences of um, people who use languages for their relationships or for their work. So um, things like international or intercultural love, cultural differences, how to run a language-based business, uh, volunteering, other language jobs, and um, other stories about relationships and languages. We also have travel with languages. So we have several speakers who are going to be talking about how they use languages to travel or how they travel to learn languages. Um, And then we'll also have a couple introductions to other countries and their languages. 
And finally, we have language discoveries, which is our new category for this year, where we're going to be talking about minority languages or um, unusual languages, like not like the main like French, German, Spanish, Russian kind of thing. So, or little known communities and other quirky learning techniques that normally don't kind of get put out there in the spotlight. Right. Fantastic. There's a, definitely a good variety there. <laughs> and uh, I, I always like actually two of the things you said I, I really like. I like the methods and tactics. So learning how other people do it, because I find that it inspires me to try new things and, and potentially find things that I really enjoy doing. And the second one was the stories. I think, I think you said story, use the word stories. Um, I just love how listening, how people use languages in kind of unusual ways or definitely non-standard ways, especially with travels. Like uh, that's one of the big advantages to language learning. I find is that even if you just learn a little bit of a language, if you go there and use it, it's really life-changing for you and, and the person you, you speak it with, even if it's just a hello, because they're not used to, in most countries anyway, are not used to people just learning their language, uh, foreigners learning their language. So those are my two favorite categories. Obviously, a big part of this podcast is, is, is exactly that, stories and, and tactics. Maybe we should have called it that instead, actually. Language learning, stories and tactics. Anyway, <laughs> um, one one big topic that I feel like we we do need to talk about is is the name of the conference and sort of the the I guess the the uh, yeah I don't know what to call it actually the, the name is Women in Language the speakers are all female right yes yeah. that's correct um so I guess a lot of people listening to this and I I might have been like this as well when I heard about it first time is why why do we need uh, that kind of uh, focus on on the women in languages like the polyglot events I, they're not as as far as i know anyway not particularly um segregated you know they're not there's not a huge bias towards the 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 male participants so so how did you decide to start that kind of process and do you want to talk about kind of the uh, the aims you have with with this so we wanted to create this event to give women in language the opportunity to speak to champion and amplify their voices um you know at some of the language events you know it's not like there weren't there still aren't as many female speakers as male speakers i know that that's improving but we just wanted to provide a place where women could kind of get the spotlight where you know if there's a panel it's not five men and one woman woman um and uh we just wanted to provide a place where you know women in language could get the spotlight and where they could be featured and they could share their experiences and their methods and their research and uh, the title Women in Language only refers to the speakers. So we have all female speakers, but the event is open to anyone of any gender. There's so, you know, men, women, non-binary are more than welcome to attend the event. It's just that our lineup of speakers are women. We'll just take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors and then we'll be right back. On this podcast, I've interviewed hundreds of language learners, some of the world's greatest polyglots and industry experts. And one thing they all agree on is the value of one-to-one tutoring lessons. And for this, I highly recommend italki. They have thousands of teachers, 
in all price ranges and they even have certified teachers who have taken diplomas or have degrees in the language you're learning. So whether you're just brushing up on your Italian ahead of a trip to Rome or you want to master Russian to take the uh, exam or whatever your goals are in languages, italki has a tutor suitable for you. And compared to private tutoring offline, it's really affordable. You can find informal tutors down to $5 an hour or and you can have trial lessons for even less. So if you want to master a language uh, from the comfort of your own home and you even get a $10 credit when you complete your first lesson, go to languageteacher.co and check out italki. It might be the best thing you do for your language learning this year. Right. I understand. But do you think do you do you think that or can you imagine that some males out there will be thinking like, oh wow, they're I'm being kind of excluded from this. So they want me to come and, and pay the ticket and 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 watch this the show, but I, I can't I can't present there. So, you know, do you, what would you say to people like that who are a little bit maybe put off by the by that kind of a setup? I understand that some people are going to be put off by that, but that's not who we're trying to support in this. Um, I mean, obviously we support anyone in languages, but with this particular event, we're looking to have sp strictly female speakers. And, um, you know, if someone has an issue with the fact that it's an all female speaker, that might be an issue, um, not necessarily with us, but, you know, on the other side, I, of course. If, you know, we want to support women in language and, you know, historically in a variety of industries, you know, women haven't had as much opportunity as men. And so we're just trying to create a little bit more opportunity. Cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot, but I, I just know that people are going to be sitting out there thinking, women in language? That's a, that's a special name, you know, for, a, for an online language conference, you know. <laughs> it's not a, a gendered uh, activity in any way. So mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to address it there. And I, I think for me personally also, just to give my two cents, for the first one, I wasn't really that supportive because I was like, well, why do we need this? Um, but what I realized is that it doesn't really matter what I think, because first of all, I'm not, you know, the, the, the speaking engagement is not made for me. The, the language learning information and, and uh, knowledge that's being shared, everyone can use, first of all. But the, I think for me, the most important thing was simply, if three of my friends want to do this and think that there's a need for it and there's a place for it, and all these wonderful speakers, like I read some of the bios of people I would have never heard of if this event hadn't been made. And I've even, you know, talked to some of them on the podcast this, this, uh, this season because of women in languages. I'm like all for it, you know, fantastic, you know. See, and, that's exactly why we do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I think that I can, I can definitely relate if people are, you know, you know, maybe uh, sipping their coffee and thinking, well, why but the fact that people want to see it like speakers want to speak at it you guys want to take the time to actually set it up host it market it you know that's a big job even if you split it among three people and people want to come and see it then how dare anyone say well that's a bad idea you know <laughs> it doesn't matter what the setup is but if if so many people want it and so many people want to spend the time on it it's it must be valuable you know so that's kind of how i went from 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 the last year and um i'm happy that you continue with it and we'll we're looking forward to see 
the interesting talks this year and uh, i'll be definitely checking out the uh, participants list and get some new uh, podcast invitations sent off uh, to uh, to talk to a lot more interesting people as well this season excellent so yeah that's a fantastic and um are you going to be doing any talks there or are you just going to do the hosting so Lindsay, Kristen, and I don't talk at the main events. We do other smaller events like the Women in Language Camp where we do speak. Um, we did one this past October. Um, but really, we want to kind of take ourselves out of the spotlight and give other people the chance to, you know, kind of discuss their work and what they're doing. And then also by doing that, you know, uh, we open up the opportunity to discuss things that may not get discussed at other events. So, um, you know, a lot of talks surrounding language involve, you know, language and travel specifically, like, um, you know, the digital nomad thing. Mm. And uh, while that totally makes sense, because, you know, when you speak other languages, you have more opportunities in travel. I, even I do, you know, um, by speaking other languages, I get to do more things with music because I know those languages. But, um, we want to talk about some of the other things involved in languages, like how you still find and find the time when you have a family, when you have kids and you have other obligations and responsibilities, um, how to learn languages around a full-time job or what, op what things you can do in language beyond learning languages to travel. Like what else does this skill offer you? So we're, that's one of the other things that we're aiming to do with this event is to kind of highlight some of the topics that don't normally get brought up and create a place where it's, I suppose, safe to talk about them right yeah i guess the the one downside to having all these conferences around the world that kind of move around is that the people get to go and speak to a lot of them and or participate in many of them often you know you you are looking at a very big portion of them being in their you know 20 20 to 20 to 30 maybe 20 to 35 with without like a huge obligation or anything maybe they are uh, location independent working online or something and uh, i guess that kind of group is it's not it's a nice kind of aspiration if you want to travel more and if you want to have more f uh, flexibility and freedom but for most people it's just not realistic like it for most people it'll be how do i fit in a couple of hours of language learning a week when i have to take care of the kids and the family and the the job basically a lot of people have that nine to five where maybe they have a commute of one hour each way they have to you know keep the house clean and and do all the chores and it's it's hard to translate from that kind of digital nomad young person no commitments into you know the this established family member who gets i don't know a couple of weeks of holiday a year uh, and and kind of have that advice work um, it's good to have both perspectives for sure but i have i have i know what you mean when you see it at the conferences there's a lot of i was i would say they're kind of unrealistic uh, expectations or at least presentations you know they're great people they're really amazing language learners but they're outliers you know that is a big problem at the conferences maybe not so much the gathering because everyone can present and i think that gives a kind of a, a, a balance where you get a little bit more down to earth stories, but in some of the conferences where they cherry pick the presenters, uh, the, some of the things are just, you know, almost ridiculous. <laughs> like, Oh, I traveled uh, Asia for six months and learned these three languages. It's like 99% of people are not able to do that. 
Well, I mean, it's really inspiring to hear stories like that. So I, I understand the appeal. Plus, it's, you know, it's sexy. But at the same time, you know, you also want to make sure that, you know, the questions and the needs of, you know, other people are being met as well. So it's just, you know, with women in language, you know, we just want to create more diversity, more diversity in speakers, more diversity in the topics that are brought up in this environment. Um, and then, you know, it's just... Again, like there's places for both. So. Oh yeah, definitely, those, definitely. Yeah. I love those stories. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it's hard to relate to. It, even for me, I'm, I'm location independent and can definitely travel a lot. But some of these people are, are, have done amazing things, and it's very inspirational. I love to hear the stories, but I can imagine a lot of people are thinking that's really far from from my kind of reality. So if you have a better better mix or a chance to show or talk about other topics that affect more people, then I think that's also a great idea. Mm, yeah. What kind of other topics do you think that, well, I, I don't know, it could be topics that are on the Women in Language Conference as well, but what other topics do you feel like in, in language learning, maybe comparing it to the events that are kind of underrepresented, if any? Um, I think we talk a lot about how to help your children learn more languages, but um, we don't necessarily talk about how you as a parent can, you know, find time to learn languages or, you know, things that you can do as a family, like getting your kids involved in the language that you're learning as a way for you to continue your studies and also kind of get them interested. Um, we don't talk about, um, um, there's just a variety of things that I, I think, you know, uh, the focus is often like really either like academic or, um, we, you know, we talk a lot about how to learn specific languages or language learning techniques, but maybe things like, for example, we have Jordan Aikens, who's talking about how to, um, she, her talk is practicing languages in the medical sector. So basically like how she's using languages in a specific industry. So, um, you know, more talks like that as opposed to like, just here's how to learn a language or here's like an introduction to French or here's how I've used 30 languages to travel the world, kind of like you were saying sort of thing. And again, you know, while those talks are really inspiring and they're really motivating to hear and it's amazing to see what people can do with languages, sometimes someone's not maybe trying to figure out how to learn their 15th language. They're just trying to figure out how to fit French into their lives so that they can better communicate with, you know, a group of friends that they have or their in-laws or something like that. Right. Yeah, I definitely see that a lot where... The, the talk a lot about methods and strategies and I think the one the biggest thing I've realized after all these interviews after all these years of kind of let's call it amateur research into polygods is that the way you do things are not quite as important as your entire kind of mindset and you know the the mental side of things so for instance I wouldn't say it's very important what method you choose as long as you choose a method that that works for you, you know, it, it, there's no one method that's better than the other, but if you can somehow teach people how to, let's say, build a schedule, a weekly schedule into their busy lives that allows you to learn languages on a regular basis, that is much more powerful than, Oh, here's a, a new way to use Anki or something. 
Well, again, I think it depends on the person. I mean, there may be people who need a talk on how to better improve their use of Anki, whereas there's people who don't need that. So again, you know, just having more variation in the kinds of talks that are out there and the kinds of people who are presenting those talks, um, you're going to help people who may not be helped by one, and then the other people are going to be covered by the other one. So just by the nature of having this diversity, of having this availability, and that's the great thing about being online is that, you know, is accessibility. So, um, you know, there's a, again, there's a place for everything, um, and people are going to benefit from these different kinds of talks, but just by creating an environment where both kinds can happen. Is yeah. And that's the great thing about language events in general. Also the online event is that if you see a talk that doesn't interest you, well, you can just skip it or, you know, you go have a coffee instead or, or, you know, there's even, even if multiple topics interest you at the same time, you can always go back and watch the recording so you don't miss anything. Uh, luckily most of the in-person conferences are also recorded. Uh, obviously it takes quite a while for them to edit everything and the audio is not great and, so in that sense, an, an online event is much better, but I like the idea that I look at a kind of a schedule of speakers and I'm like, okay, this is interesting for me. This is interesting for me and, and go for those. Like I, I wouldn't be interested in how to teach your kid a language. Not yet. Anyway, it might come later <laughs> in a few years time, but for now it's not relevant to me. Whereas somebody might be like dying to find out more about that, uh, which is a very difficult topic. And, uh, yeah. That's true, but even if you're not interested in it, going to a talk like that, you may learn about techniques for time management or resources or, um, you know, techniques for learning alongside someone else or techniques for teaching someone else that you might not have picked up in a different kind of talk. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely true. So you would say if you, let's say you, if you're intending women in language or another conference, it doesn't matter which one, um, you would have, you would suggest that people watch or f kind of follow along because they you don't know necessarily what you can learn based on the title and description. So just kind of diving in and you might learn things you never even expected. Exactly. Uh, we can go back to the introversion thing as an example. So I'm an introvert, I'm shy, and I talk about this a lot and how it relates to language learning and the things that I do as an introverted, shy language learner. And someone who's extroverted might think, oh, I'm extroverted, this doesn't apply to me. But I've had tons of extroverts attend my talks and tell me that they've walked away with a lot of techniques that they can use to improve their language learning experiences. So it's just a little bit of open-mindedness. You may not think, okay, that's not for me, but I would still recommend trying, you know? It can still not be for you, that's okay. It doesn't have to be for you, but just because on a surface level, you know, on paper, it doesn't look like it's for you, doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually the case. Right. Well, that's a, that's a totally fair point. And I, I definitely uh, admit to being a, a little bit close-minded sometimes with when it comes to talks, uh, especially at the live conferences. But I think that's different because that there I kind of prioritize talking to friends and, and people in the hall who I haven't seen in a while. So I'm a little bit more strict with what I attend. But you're right, I probably would get a lot out of attending a, a talk every time I had the opportunity. But you can just challenge yourself to attend like maybe one talk that would maybe be outside of your comfort zone or something that you wouldn't normally attend 
just a good personal experiment, I think. <laughs> right. That sounds like fun. I, I imagine like a, a badge or something, the one talk challenge or something where every day you pick out something that you would never have gone to, but you go anyway and, and see how that, where that takes you. That sounds like a really fun idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to set that up for the, for the next conference. Um, but Shannon, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and uh, sharing your, your experience with hosting your own conference. I mean, it must have been a lot of work as well between you. So, so thank you for putting on the show and everything you do with the Ad One and, and now drops your, your little uh, software project as well as won numerous awards. I saw it in the App Store and uh, there's like uh, accolades everywhere trophies everywhere so congrats on that the work you do with that thank you um maybe actually just before we finish maybe that's a good little uh, side note to put in there uh, so how did you get involved with with an app like drops um good question i got involved because um i actually started using drops like right when they started when they only had i believe four languages it was around the time that i was working on my like kind of quick italian refresh project for fluent in three months and um i just love the app i love that it was just it limited me to five minutes that i you know was really working to maximize that five minutes um, so I kind of ranted and raved about it and because of that, they got in touch with me and, um, it eventually evolved into working with them. So I'm, I feel really lucky to be able to work with them. We were selected as Google's app of the year, not for language learning, but for all of the apps that are available in the Google play store. Um, we were featured as app of the day for Apple. Um, we've had, we were just, um, mentioned as one of the top 10 most innovative companies by fast company. So, um, it's just, it's amazing. And the team is amazing and I love working on drops and being involved in that. And so, yeah. What do you think the big, uh, the big uh, kind of differentiating factor is between drops and, and similar? Cause it, it's a, it's a flashcard concept where you get the, um, what do you call it? The, you don't forget, uh, the forgetting curve. You use that, uh, principle but but what do you think separates drops i think first of all it's a beautiful app for me but are there any other things that separated from let's say maybe not duolingo but something like memrise or uh, or the flashcard apps like um, anki or there's like hundreds of them <laughs> <laughs> so the first is that we're not actually a flashcard app um, we are a vocabulary learning app and we just focus on that one thing we only teach vocabulary so we don't try to do everything we don't try to tackle grammar we don't try to tackle um, anything like that we're just a vocabulary app and um, we have thousands of words we have word lists that are really well curated um, and you know for topics that are often difficult to find like for example when I was learning Chinese I couldn't find Chinese vocabulary related to children like having kids having a baby at all and drops mm. was the first place where I saw that um, and then there's just like other really highly specialized lists. Um, there's just tons of words that you can learn. We work with professional translators. We have professional voice talents. Um, it's beautifully designed. So as you're using drops, you know, it's immersive and there's no typing. So everything's really intuitive. It's just swiping and tapping. Um, also, 
it's actually a game. So most of the other language apps, they're language learning apps that are gamified. So there's game elements to them, whereas ours is actually the reverse. So it's first a game that teaches you a language. So um, our focus is on that gameplay and is on the, you know, having fun and, you know, the five minute limit as well. Again, it's not a big commitment, so it's easy to do. It's fun. Um, you actually feel like you need to make the most of the time that you have with it. And um, so I, I think that there's a lot of different things that separate it. So, yeah. And obviously you talked a lot about the, the technical stuff, but I, I just want to emphasize just how how nice it is. It's a really pretty uh, app. It's really well designed. And the animations that it brings up is it, it's like, yeah, it just brings a little bit of happiness to your learning. I think uh, the way it kind of goes. It makes um, your language learning beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> <And> <laughs> beautiful and fun. Yeah. That should be like the tagline of the app. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, now it's definitely, uh, we can end the show here and, and yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing your passion as, as always. And uh, I hope that people go and check out Women in Language. So so what's the where do they go to find out more? And it's really soon. So if you're listening to this, you know, go and uh, get your ticket now because it's uh, in, it's very soon. It's uh, March, when was it? It's um, March 7th to March 10th. And you can buy tickets up until the last day of the event. So because you're able to watch the recordings. So you can buy tickets up until March 10th. And you can get them at womeninlanguage.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. so much for listening to this episode of the actual fluency podcast i really appreciate having you here today just before you leave i just want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor which is italki italki is a tutoring platform where you can find affordable tutors for every language in the world pretty much so get started today and get a free ten dollar credit when you book your first lesson if you go to actualfluency.com forward slash italki that's spelled i-t-a-l-k-i Give it a go and feel how tutoring can really boost and enhance your language learning. 